0: Chapter 18 of Bransford of Rainbow Range by Eugene Manlove Rhodes. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 18 At the Rainbow's End. Helen's lips are drifting dust. Ilion is consumed with rust. All the galleons of Greece drink the ocean's dreamless peace. Lost was Solomon's purple show, restless centuries ago stately empires wax and wane babylon barbary and spain only one thing undefaced lasts though all the worlds lie waste and the heavens are overturned dear how long ago we learned frederick lawrence Knowles starlit and moonlit leagues the slow fresh dawn in the cool of the morning bransford came to the crest of the groundswell known as frenchman's ridge and saw low-lying arcadia dim against the north a toy town huddling close to the shelter of rainbow range he splashed through the shallow waters of alamo failing to a trickle before it sank in the desert sands and so came at last to the moat of arcadia with what joyous and eager-choking heartbeat you may well guess, not the needlessness of those swift pulses, or of that joy. For Eleanor was not there. With Mrs. Hoffman she had gone to visit the Sutherlands at Rainbow's End, and Jeff could not go on. Arcadia rose to greet him in impromptu Roman holiday." poor bransford has never known clearly what chanced on that awful day there is a jumbled whirling memory of endless kaleidoscopic troops of joyful arcadians billy white monte jimmy clark the grim smiling sheriff the judge it was dimly borne upon him by one or both of the two last that there were yet certain formalities to be observed in the matter of his escape from custody of the law and of the horse he had borrowed from the courthouse square indeed it seemed to jeff in a hazy afterthought that perhaps the sheriff had arrested him again if so, it had slipped Jeff's mind, swallowed up in a gruesome horror of congratulations, handshakings, backslappings, badinage, and questions, heaped on a hero, heartsick, dazed, and dumb. Pleading weariness, he tore himself away at last, almost by violence, and flung himself down in a darkened bedroom of the Arcadian Atalanta. One thing was clear. Headlight was there aforesaid smith madison but his nearest friends pringle beebe and ballinger though they had hasted back to arcadia to fight jeff's battles were ostentatiously absent from his hollow and hateful triumph johnny denis had pointedly refused to share his night ride from helms and jeff knew why sadly enough the gods take pay for the goods they give and now that goodly fellowship was broken the thought clung fast it haunted his tossing and troubled slumbers where eleanor came through a sunset glow swift-footed to meet him where his friends rode slow and silent into the glimmering dusk smaller and smaller black against the sky the sutherland place made an outer corner of rainbow's end bowered about by a double row of close and interlaced cottonwoods on two sides by vigorous orchards on the other two the house had once been a one-storied adobe heroically proportioned thick-walled cool against summer warm in what went by the name of winter The old-time princely hospitality was unchanged, but Sutherland had bought lots in Arcadia of early days, and now the old grey walls of the house were smooth with creamy stucco, rod of gypsum from the white sands. The windows were widened, and there was a superimposed story, overhanging, wide and low. The gables were double-windowed, shingled, and stained nut-brown the gentle sloping roof shingled dormered and soft green the overflow projecting two broad verandas on either side very like an umbrella a bungalow with two birthdays eighteen sixty six eighteen ninety six miss eleanor hoffman had deserted veranda rocking-chair and hammock with a sewing-basket beside her she sat on a pine bench under a cottonwood of eighteen sixty seven ostensibly basting together a kimono tinted like a dripping sea-shell and faced with peach-blossom the work went slowly her seat was at the desert corner of the homestead which was itself the desert outpost of a desert town and her blood stirred to these splendid horizons the mysterious desert scoffed and questioned drew her with promise of strange joys and strange griefs the iron-hard mountains beckoned and challenged from afar wove her their spells of wavering lights and shadows the misty warp and woof of them shifting to swift fantastic hues of trembling rose and blue and violet half veiling half revealing steeps unguessed and dreamed of sheltered valleys and all the myriad voice of moaning waste and world-rimming hill cried come faint fitful undertones of drowsy chords far pealing of elfin bells that was pulsing of busy acycleas tinkling of mimic waterfalls the clean breath of the desert groomed by bearing a grateful fragrance of apple blossoms near it rippled the deepest green of alfalfa to undulating sheen of purple and flashing gold the broad fields were dwarfed to play-garden prettiness by the vastness of overwhelming desert to right to left before whose nearer blotches of black and grey and brown faded far off to a nameless shimmer its silent leagues dwindling to immeasurable blur merging indistinguishable in the burning sunset east by up overguarding the oasis the colossal bulk of rainbow walled out the world with grim-tiered cliffs cleft only by the deep gashed gates of rainbow pass where the swift river broke through to the rich fields of rainbow's end bringing fulfilment of the fabled pot of gold or unused to shrink and fail and die in the thirsty sand below the willome channel wandered forlorn rainbow no longer but lost river to a disconsolate delta waterless save as infrequent floods found turbulent way to the sink where wild horse and antelope revisited their old haunts for the tender green luxury of these brief belated springs incidentally miss hoffman's outpost commanded a good view of arcadia road winding white through the black tar-brush had she looked she might have seen a slow horseman tiny on the bare plain below the tar-brush larger as he climbed the gentle slope along that white winding road but she bent industrious to her work smiling to herself half singing half humming a foolish and lilty little tune a tisket a tasket a green and yellow basket i wrote a letter to my love and on the road i lost it i crissed it i crossed it i locked it in a casket i missed it i lost it and here miss hoffman did an unaccountable thing wise penelope unravelled by night the work she wove by day like her in this miss eleanor hoffman now placidly snipped and ripped the basting threads unravelled them patiently and set to work afresh now there's no such thing as a ginkgo tree there never was though there ought to be and tis also true though most absurd there's no such thing as a wallaby bird miss hoffman was all in white with a white middy blouse trimmed in scarlet a scarlet ribbon in her dark hair a fine-linked gold chain showing at her neck a very pretty picture she made cool and fresh against the deep shade and the green but of course she did not know it she held the shaping kimono at arm's length admiring the delicate colour and fell to work again oh the jolly miller he lives by himself as the wheel rolls round he gathers in his pelf a hand in the hopper and another in the bag as the wheel rolls round he calls out grab so intent and preoccupied was she that she did not hear the approaching horse good evening oh miss hoffman jumped dropping the little suffering kimono a horseman with bared head had reined up in the shaded road alongside how silly of me not to hear you coming if you're looking for mr sutherland he's not here mr david sutherland that is but mr henry sutherland is here or was a while ago maybe half an hour since he was trying to get up a set of tennis perhaps they're playing over there on the other side of the house and yet if they were there we'd hear him laughing don't you think mr bransford for it was mr bransford and he was all dressed in clothes waited with extreme patience for the conclusion of these feverish and hurried remarks. "'But I'm not looking for Sutherland. I'm looking for you.' "'Oh,' said Eleanor again. Then, after a long and deliberate survey, the light of recognition dawned slowly in her eyes. "'Oh, I do know you, don't I?' "'To be sure I do. You're Uh, Mr.—the gentleman I met on Rainbow Mountain, near Mayhill. Mr.—ah, yes, uh, Bransford.' "'Why, so I am,' said Jeff, leaning on the saddle-horn. One half of Mr. Bransford wondered if he had not been making a fool of himself, and taking a great deal for granted. The other half, though considerably alarmed, was not at all deceived.' Miss Eleanor did not actually put her finger in the corner of her mouth. She merely looked as if she had. "'Oh, won't you um, get down?' she said helplessly. "'What a beautiful horse!' "'Why, yes, thank you. I believe I will.' He left the beautiful horse to stand with dangling reins, and came over to the bench, silent and rather grim. "'Won't you sit down?' said Eleanor politely. "'Fine day, isn't it?' it's a wonderful day a marvellous day a stupendous day said this exasperated young man "No, i guess it's not worth while to sit down i just wanted to find out where you lived i asked you once before you know and you didn't tell me oh didn't i oh do sit down you look so grumpy tired i mean rather grudgingly she swept the sewing-basket from the bench to the grass jeff's eyes followed the action he saw if you call it seeing the snipped threads on the grass the yet unpicked bastings white against the peach-pink facing but he was a mere man hard circumstanced and these eloquent tidings were wasted upon his clumsy intellect as had been the surprising good fortune of finding miss eleanor exactly where she was nerving himself with memory of the quaker lady at the masquerade if indeed that had ever really happened jeff took the offered seat the young lady matched two edges together smoothed them eyed the result critically and plied a nimble needle then she turned clear and guileless eyes on her glooming seatmate you look older somehow than i thought you were now that i remember she observed biting the thread you've been away haven't you i thought you were going away yourself so wild and fierce said jeff evading been away indeed Eleanor threaded her needle Mamma was talking of going for a while she said tranquilly but i'm rather glad we didn't we're having a splendid time here and mr white's going to take us to the white sands next week he'll be down to-morrow at least i think so he's fine he took us to mescalero early in the spring and the young people here at rainbow's end are simply delightful you must meet them listen there they are now i hear them they are playing tennis come on up and i'll introduce you i can finish this thing any time she tossed the poor kimono into the basket no said this unhappy young man rising i believe i'll go on back good-bye miss uh, miss hoffman i wish you much happiness why uh, surely you're not going now there are some nice girls here they have heard uh, so much of you but they say they've never met you don't you want jeff groaned fumbling blindly at the bridle no i wish i'd never seen a girl why that's not very polite is it are you are you mad at me said eleanor in a meek little voice mad oh no said jeff bitterly i'm just coming to my senses i've been dreaming now i've woke up angry i mean of course i just say it that way are you mad at me sometimes to be to be nice mr branford you needn't bother good-bye but i'll see you again never when you're not so cross jeff reached for his stirrup oh well if you're going to be huffy never it is then by all means no wait i must give you back your present i have never given you a present some other man doubtless you should keep a list said jeff with bitter and cutting scorn the girl turned half away from him and hid her face with trembling hands her shoulders shook with emotion look the other way sir turn your head you shall have your present back and then if you're so anxious to go go miss hoffman i never gave you a present in my life jeff protested you did sobbed eleanor she turned upon him stamping her foot you said when you gave it to me that you hoped it would bring me good luck and you've forgotten. You'd better keep a list. Turn your head away, I tell you.' She sank down on the bench. Confused, mazed, bewildered, Jeff obeyed her. She sprang to her feet. She was laughing, blushing, glowing. In her hand was the little gold chain. "'Now you may look. Hold out your hand, sir.' Jeff's mind was whirling. He held out his hand. She laid a little gold locket in his palm. It was warm, that little locket. I have never seen this locket before in my life, gasped Jeff. Open it. He opened it. The little Eopus glared up at him. Eleanor, Charlie Gibson. Toby, Jeff, Jamie. The little Eopus stared unweaking from the grass. End of chapter eighteen. End of Bransford of Rainbow Range by Eugene Manlove Rhodes